a complete collapse on Monday Night Football to the Seattle Seahawks. The Philadelphia Eagles are now 10-4. and They've dropped three straight, 20-17 to the final score. The Locked On Eagles postgame show coming your way. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use our promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Louis DiBiase. Joined, as always, by Gino Camilleri, 20-17, the final score. One of the worst losses I've seen from the Eagles in a long time. No, it wasn't the blowout of the Dallas game last week or of San Francisco two weeks ago. But this is a game that you had to have to remain in first place in the NFC East to tie San Francisco for that one seed. They play Baltimore next week. Huge opportunity against an inferior opponent who has a backup quarterback in. Your quarterback is toughening out an illness. You're leading the entire football game. And then the Eagles just have done what they've been doing the last month and a half, and it's get in their own way with that Jalen Hurts interception, and then Drew Locke drives 92 yards in under two minutes. I mean, you know, it's like it's hard to be mad because they just completely messed this up on their own, and I'm just starting to get convinced that they're, one, never going to beat the Seattle Seahawks until the day I die, and two, if they ever have a dominant season, I'm just convinced they'll never have a dominant season back-to-back. I just... I don't know. It's just, this feels very much like 2018. It's so funny that the reason I'm an Eagles fan is because of a game where the Eagles beat the Seahawks in 2001. And that might never happen again. Like that, that could, we could be 45 years old. Lou, and we will never see win, them. Good. I'm just convinced it's never going to happen, especially not in Seattle. There's no way. No, and no, no the one thing that I think the Eagles definitely lost in my opinion tonight was the benefit of the doubt for exactly what you said, like, why yeah. should we give them the benefit that they're going to be a good team in back-to-back years? If they're going to do this and prove us wrong every single time, if it's Doug Peterson, if it's Chip Kelly, if it's outside of Andy Reid's first four years when they went to multiple NFC East titles, multiple, like, are they going to win the East, Lou? Like, are we going to not have another repeat winner in the East? Like, I hope that's not the case. I don't but believe it right now. I, honestly, you, you know, can't. Like, how can you, how can you believe it after yeah. that game? And we were rationalizing things after the 49ers loss, justifiably so. Same with the Cowboys loss this past week. But this game, again, the Eagles, this core, it's very surprising. They would always find a way where it feels like these last three games, they're always finding a way to get in their own way and to mess things up to the point where I don't believe this team, at least the team that I'm watching right now, is capable of winning a Super Bowl. Now I'm thinking more, can we get just one playoff win? Because even when you look at, they were the two seed heading into this game, they were lined up to play the Los Angeles Rams, who are the seven, and they're on fire with Matt Stafford, and I don't even trust they could beat that team right now. They are just, again, the weaknesses are the same weaknesses week after week, no matter what kind of changes you make. But the elite players, too, are not stepping up. Jalen Hurts in that spot to throw to Quez Watkins one-on-one deep down the field when you're leading with just a little over four minutes to go. That is a Carson Wentz 2020-like reckless play, giving the football to a player that has not earned anybody's trust in two years. A terrible spot. The pass rush was non-existent today. The coaching staff, again, did not step up. 
just uh, just it feels like the, the messiest 10 and 4 team you could possibly be and this is three weeks removed from that bills win where it's like you were on top of the world felt like a decade ago it does but we probably should have saw it coming Gino, because all these problems have been problems all year long and they were winning in spite of them. well what did we give them the benefit of the doubt right we yeah kept getting giving them the benefit of the doubt that those things they would be able to right those wrongs and I feel bad, man. Like Matt Patricia was put in such a tough spot after doing really well all game long, man. Like holding so. Seattle to 13 points. Keely Ringo and battled. Eli Ricks yeah. had a good game. Sydney Brown, Brown was battling. Nicholas Morrow battled. The defensive line had some spot. Jalen Carter was dominant in some areas. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox stepped up. Yeah. And then the offense put them in a precarious position mm. because multiple times in the same game, they had the opportunity. In the first half, twice, to score points before half. Couldn't do that. And then twice at the end of the game, they also couldn't score points and or finish the game. The offense, Nick Sirianni, I'm looking at you, my fellow Western New Yorker, my fellow Paisan, wake up. Wake up. You're not going to sit there at the podium and tell us that your offense is not a problem. You have averaged 14.3, 14.3 points in the last three games combined. Combined. Luke. And you're playing, what, one of the worst running defenses in the league that didn't have Devin Witherspoon or one of their starting safeties in Jamal Adams. Tariq Wollin was benched in this football game, and you still only put up 17 points. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get to how they see the same things happening and nothing is righted. After the first drive, where Brian Johnson looked so good, so good, he gives he gives us just a little appetizer. Yeah. It's like you go to motion, a, yeah, you go to a restaurant and the the first little appetizer you get is great, and then the rest of the meal is horrendous because that first drive was awesome. Like you said, you get the RPO, you get yep. more play action that you've seen all year. You even saw a triple option. A triple option. That, the that run stuff, game was cooking all game. It was game going. Too. It was going. Yeah. You're getting two to three yards before contact. And then as soon as that first drive ends, it's like somebody yeah. who studied for a test and they get that thing where they just blank it's and like they, they don't found remember out anything. what the first three questions were, but it's a Yes, it didn't question. study the rest of it. Great way to think about it's it. It's like 100%. He, again, because he's not used to, he doesn't commit to motion plays to play action consistently. It's the same vanilla things over and over. And it's like, he takes all week to plan these five plays and that's all he's got, you know? And again, it was on Brian Johnson today, Jalen hurts with another mistake, 17 turnovers this year. I can't believe how reckless he's been. And it's not all on him, but that is very unlike the Jalen that we're used to, but the elite pass rushers like Josh sweat today, nowhere to be found. Hassan Reddick, nowhere to be found. It, the elite players are not playing elite. The coaching staff is something you still have to win in spite of, and they're not mm -hmm. doing that. And then your second and third level of the defense still. I mean, like, again, Keely Ringo battled today. So did Rick. So did Brown. But James Bradbury has regressed to the level of almost a Byron. Not Byron Maxwell. I don't want to go that extreme. But he was awful today. I mean, DK, Met DK Metcalf took over in that final drive. And... Bradbury allows the game-winning touchdown to JSN, who is a great first-round player, but it's a it's a first-round rookie that's a third option in the offense with Drew Locke, a quarterback. It just, yeah, it feels like the messiest 10-4 team that you could have right now. Tackling. How about that, man? Yeah, tackling and was abysmal. 
two weeks where you played teams in San Francisco and Dallas who do an exceptional job in yards after the catch area, and you follow that up with having what looked like a pretty good tackling performance at first. I thought they were doing a good job getting off the ball. They looked like they showed some energy. They were pursuing the, the sideline. Ricks and I think Brown and Ringo, especially. And then Sidney Brown started to miss tackles. And then yep. guys that were making tackles, weren't making tackles. And no, you're not getting multiple hats to the ball carrier where Zach Charbonnet trots into the end zone. And there's one guy who could potentially make the tackle because nobody is pursuing to the football and I feel bad that we're harping on the defense because it is so much more on the offense because no, it's they got put in offense. such a bad position. When the defense gets off the field, has done a lot of those things that we have been saying for them, it's around 33% on third down that Seattle is all game long. And yep. all Philly has to do is find a way to just work the clock. And what are we doing? We're still taking Which is what they were doing all nothing. game, by the way. Gino, that's what's frustrating. All or nothing. Yeah. All or nothing. They're battling their – winning the time of possession battle all game. The run game is working. As you're mentioning, they're getting off the field on third down. Like the, some of these problems that have been killing them over the last month and a half, they did work on, but now this time it didn't result in points. Like you had the football, it felt like all game, but you couldn't punch it in. And again, so much of that is on the coaching staff. I think Brian Johnson, Gino, again, he, like he wasn't the one that threw the pick. It was Hertz. He wasn't the one covering JSN. It was Bradbury, but I think this was on Brian Johnson, the coaching staff more than anybody. And, I don't know if this is an extreme prisoner of the moment take, but we saw Sean Desai lose his job this week just a day ago. I'm cool with Brian Johnson getting let go too. Even at 10 and four, I've seen enough of this coaching staff. And it's more justifiable that it was him anyway, if we're being honest, if we're being honest. Yeah, Cause like, he doesn't have an excuse for personnel. There's no reason this offense should no. be playing the way it is. Defense has excuses in terms of player yes. personnel. We know that we, we yeah. totally get it. The throw to Quez Watkins, why are we even adding that element in that situation? I know we shouldn't throw it to Quez, but everything is just so difficult in between the first quarter and the rest of the game. Like after the first drive, everything is so difficult and they can't get ahead of the sticks and they're playing from behind and it's like third and eight and third and nine and you have to just hope that Jalen Hurts can make some magic happen and then Jalen makes magic happen and at the same time when he tries to, it also could come back to bite you like it did in this game. And you got to bottle it up and find a way to be cohesive because it falls on everybody. I'd be surprised you bottle offense. up Jalen Hurts. It feels like he's somebody that I trusted to not need to be. I do. Tr I trust him more that the co I don't think he trusts the coaches enough to want to try and sit in like he, but I don't know. I man. think he trusts four minutes Shane. to go like why you're going for that yeah, why, shot I don't to Quez Watkins is just so unlike him, but it's not unlike him this year. He's been going for broke, I think, far too much. And in that spot, you just can't have it. But you're right. A lot of it is the wrong coaches are in his ear. The support system right now outside of his offensive line and Brown and Smith, it's just it's not good enough because the run game was good this this week, but it hasn't shown up for, for a month. The coaching staff hasn't shown up all year. Mm -hmm. This is, um yeah, it's again, it's a team that just clinched the playoffs literally a day ago, doesn't seem like it. but it doesn't feel like it. We had anonymous sources all week with new stories. We have coaching changes. We have the Slay injury and the Hurts illness, and now this collapsing loss. It, it, again, it, it maybe it's just a few weeks since they will bounce back like the 2017 Eagles did in the playoffs, but gun to my head right now, this team is not winning a Super Bowl this year. I, it just That's <laughs> no. how I'm feeling right now. No, man. you can't. This is the Locked On Eagles podcast, but Man, we have a brain. Like, we're not going to say this team right now is better than San Francisco, not better than Dallas at this current. Even though Dallas looked bad, they 
blew the doors off you a couple weeks ago. And they had even complete the, games this year. The Eagles have not had complete games this no, year. No, and even the way Detroit is playing, man, like are the Eagles the fourth best team right now when we were hyping them up and we gave them the benefit of the doubt? They're playing Never like the again. Six that or benefit seven of the doubt, right throw it out the window. Yeah, and again, they can re-earn that. I mean, they've done it this year. This core has done it over the last three years. But right now, after that loss, again, I was willing to look at it that way. And Gino, you're right, 100%. Like, the benefit of the doubt was still there, even after these last two losses. But this one is Seattle. I don't know. It's a little bit different. And they're going to have to prove us wrong over these final three games and then into the playoffs because they will be playing in the postseason. It just it does not feel like it. 20-17, to 17, the final score. The Eagles dropped to 10-4 and four after a loss to the Seattle Seahawks. We'll continue to get into who is most to blame right here on the Lockdown Eagles postgame show. This episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sporting events, but let's say you need a break from the Eagles. They've got music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy seconds tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on your tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your purchase. Once again, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create that account. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's the post-game show, a Tuesday edition of the podcast, 20-17, to 17, the final score. Guys, exciting news, too, to let you know before we get back into this game. Lockdown has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel all right Gino I mean I don't even know where else to go with this game just so frustrating I'm, I'm just discouraged because like you know they're 10 and 1 and yeah you know there's problems the, the weakness of the defense like we knew it was there we knew this coaching staff was an issue we knew the turnovers and the penalties but they are finding ways and it's like I just think this core has it they have it figured out they're 10 and 1 this is the first time in my life as an Eagles fan they're dominant two years straight and these three games happen, and I'm like, okay, yep, this is the Eagles I know. It's like no matter what regime or era or quarterback or coach it is, it's like after one dominant Super Bowl kind of run, the next year it, it can never be easy. And I know that's the NFL, but these last three games have been extremely discouraging from where we thought they were after that Bills game. This one especially because, like you said, San Fran, yeah, you got your teeth kicked in. They exposed yeah, some weaknesses. And you can kind Same of with Dallas. It, right? yeah. I get it as well. But Dallas doesn't super- lose this game. No, that that's the most frustrating thing because yeah. I always talk about on on this show how this history repeats itself, especially in Philadelphia. This core, especially the the core four, they've lost this game, Lou. This was 2018 Carolina. This was 2018. Tennessee, the games that we said this team has learned from that have made them the team that they have become. And that was the benefit of the doubt that we gave them. And that's the lesson from today. 
the Eagles, all of those issues, until they fix them, you have to assume that they're not going to fix them. You have to operate with the glass half-empty approach. I know we're the positivity pod, but how can you spin it positively on offense when the result is 14.3 points in the last three games, in the three biggest games of the season. Let's put emphasis and context on how big these games were. You had a chance to solidify the one seed, threw that out the window. You had a chance at the two seed, potentially threw that out the window. The NFC East, that's hanging on by a thread. That can... That, a gust right. of wind could take that by the wayside. You, the Bills gifted you a win against Dallas saying, here, regain first place. And you threw it right back. And <laughs> Dude, served yeah. it right back on a golden and I'm, just, I'm losing ladder. faith. I'm, I'm not losing faith in the players. Like, if Jalen Hurts catches fire again this year, I'm not going to be surprised at all. If suddenly the pass rush wakes up, I won't be surprised. If, you know, the passing game blows up. Again, none of these things are going to surprise me because I've seen it this year in the last few years. The thing right now that I've really lost the benefit of the doubt and faith in is the coaching staff. And I liked the move to shake things up and get rid of Sean Desai and have Matt Patricia take over. I thought it was a necessary move right now. But I don't know if Nick Sirianni is going to do that again. I don't think they're going to fire Brian Johnson this year. And I'm starting to not even trust that he was the guy making the call with Desai and Patricia. We know Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have been involved in this kind of thing before with Doug Peterson. I don't really even trust that he was the one making that call. Pepe Silvio lose coming out this offseason. I'm just folks. like the anonymous sources again. It, it no, feels dude. way too much <laughs> like 20. I didn't, dude, I didn't want to be we're back. living in the same timeline over and but over isn't that and funny? over like, again. And they clinched the playoffs the other day. Six of seven years they made the postseason. Is it not the most chaotically consistent seven years that we've ever seen? Like for this oh, team yeah. to make the playoffs in six of seven years, considering all this kind of crap that they've dealt with. I mean, like, just you look at the Hurts illness this week, the Slay injury, Slay's comments on his podcast, the anonymous sources talking about the vanilla offense, and then there was Darius another story Slay from ESPN. currently tweeting from his couch about his right. individual accolades. Like, ESPN posted a story today about, like, players talking about there's a lot of finger-pointing going on in this locker room. It's like, when did we get back here so fast? It's Do like you want to know what Jalen Hurts just said in his press conference, folks? What did he say? I hope He says, I don't think we are all committed. That's from your quarterback. Did he actually just say that? Lou, I literally was li- – as you were talking, I didn't hear a word you said for the last minute and a half, to be honest with you. I was that listening to Jalen Hurts. That so bad. It, they're broken. Because like, Jalen does not say things No, like he doesn't, Jalen never lets things get out of his mouth during a press conference. No. That's weird. Something's go- something is bi- – it always is something bigger. There's always something bigger than face value with this team. Wow. And there has to be something going on with that offense. I don't know if it's players. I don't know if yeah, it's is he coaches. coaches. Is he talking players? I don't know. It's a lot of gray area, but I'm going to say it's got to be on the offense, Lou, because how do you look at what happened last year and see the success that Shane Steichen is having in Indianapolis so, with Gardner, Minshew, here, and then... Yeah, I've got the quote. You got the quote, um, He was Go asked ahead. a question about the two-minute offense. He then brought up commitment. I bet quote, I've been talking about execution all year, being on the same page, everyone being on the same page. We didn't execute. I don't think we're all, I don't think we all were committed enough. Just got to turn it around. It is a challenge. We have to embrace, continue to see it through. Asked what he means by being committed enough. He said, commitment. I don't know what else to say. That's it. Oh, that's not God. good. <laughs> because again, Jalen hurts is not, he is the most tight lipped quarterback, especially for his age that I've Colin Cowherd on national TV says Jalen hurts is the most buttoned up player maybe in NFL history at the podium, especially in the league right now. And for him to say that confirms the reports we're getting anonymously. 
that's uh that's a red flag that's a red flag it's either one good that somebody is stepping up and saying this is a a gd problem right now yeah. or two it's it's a complete disaster back there i think and he's talking coaches because if you look ha- at the game it plan it's like coaches, brian man. johnson is, doesn't have a game plan there's a there's a route today where aj brown's running to the the boundary on the outside and kenneth gainwell's running almost the same route and we're you know, running a comeback with a comeback underneath it so the hook defender can just be underneath it no feels sense, like dude. and i know not to run that route it's just like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I don't yeah know. even my freshman offensive coordinator mind is like, I don't think I should draw the linebacker to underneath cover this guy with a free yeah. bracket when we don't need to. And it, it truly is a problem. And to be honest, Patrick Donovan in our comments just said it like he's the guy that can say it. To be honest, I'm glad. I'm glad. Even if even if he didn't show emotion and he just said it as like an underhanded comment, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody is stepping up to the plate. And it's not just, oh, we got to fix things. The old Carson Wentz, oh, we got to be better. The old Nick Sirianni, oh, I believe in the guys we have. If there's a problem, say it. Like, you're grown men, guys. Like, step up to the plate. Like, you're 10 well, that's and that's my problem is, like, the anonymous sources, like, talking about the vanilla offense. I know that's correct. We're all, we all have eyes. We're seeing Brian Johnson's scheme. It is not good. Like, you know, that's what I'm talking about, but... I you know to to do it in the way that they did. I like that Jalen Hurts said it to the media. Like I want him to say that in the locker room, and I'm sure he has. Yeah. But at least he's putting his name and his face to it. You know that's what always used to even bother me about. I think it was Alshon that made those comments back in the day. They were probably correct comments, but to do it anonymously, the finger pointing hey, report he was now never confirmed to be the guy. Lou. He was the guy. He was. <laughs> but uh, here's one for you on. Uh... Probably the worst part of the defense in James Bradbury from Jeff Kerr over at CBS Sports. Yeah. James Bradbury in coverage tonight, uh, aged like a bag of Canadian milk. Seven of eight, 116 yards, a touchdown, and a 118.8 passer rating. Like, why, how did we get back here? I'm starting to not trust Howie Roseman's decisions. I don't know if I'm just in a bad mood after the game, but this is brutal. <laughs> I mean, they're, it's, they were 10 and one, not even a month ago. It's, it's crazy how fast things can change in this league, man. That's a national football. Okay. Yeah, dude. Like last full circle. I'll never be calm. I will never be calm and trust a football team again. Like talk about like, if you have commitment issues and relationships, I am never going to have, I've been dude, marry an Eagles fan. You will make it through anything. I am telling you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Me and my wife, we're Eagles fans. If my we can longest make it through this disaster, toxic relationship is this football team <laughs> without a doubt. But the last thing I will say is how fitting is it in a season where you had Super Bowl aspirations that you are now playing a game on Christmas where the vibes are so incredibly low that nobody wants to watch the game. Talk Crazy. about the Vegas, the Oakland game in 2017, and now talk about this Giants game come next Monday night, man. How that's unfortunate. 20 to 17, the final score. The Eagles drop three straight. They are now 10 and four. We will finish up the postgame show coming up next, right here on Locked On Eagles. Today's edition of LOE is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business and you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Nick Seriani, uh, go hop on there for an OC tonight. Uh, we'll give you a nice little promo code as well. So LinkedIn, it isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. I'm on there, lose on there. Hiring is easy. 
and you have many qualified candidates. In fact, 86% of all small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. They can deliver. Unlike the Philadelphia Eagles, LinkedIn knows small businesses are wearing so many hats and you might not have the time and resources to hire. LinkedIn is there for you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's the post-game show. The Eagles collapse in Seattle, 20-17. to Drew Lock drives 92 yards in under two minutes. The go-ahead score to JSN to take the lead with 28 seconds left. Jalen Hurts can't get it done. Jalen Hurts, again, battling an illness. Like, I thought he ran the ball really well today. Made some great throws on third down early on, but that interception was inexcusable. He has 17 turnovers now this year, Gino. 2021 and 2022 combined, he had 19. So, I mean, you look at that, just cannot happen. The penalties and the turnovers on offense continue to happen. His 40.1 passer rating actually was the third lowest of his career today. So the quarterback didn't step up. The coaching was terrible. The coverage was bad. I mean, yeah, like again, why I just... make him read these crazy downfield routes when the guy had to go on a separate plane from the team because he couldn't even stand up? Like, why are we, why are we making it so much more difficult on this team when you know your back is already against the wall, you know you're already in a precarious position, your quarterback has the flu or whatever the heck he has, and you just made a switch at defensive coordinator and you can't step up to the plate. That is – that's all you need to know about this Eagles team. Everything that we said, Which will it come to fruition? Three it weeks did. ago, we it were did. blindly loyal to this team being able to overcome things because they did it. Like, it's not like we were making it up. They were always, and that's the thing this year is like, they have not put together a complete game all year. We were worried about this really since the first, first game against the Patriots, you almost lost to one of the worst teams in football to start the year. Like that should have been your first sign, but they kept finding ways and it wasn't against bad teams. Like if, you know, if they were limping through the 2022 season, beating the barely beating the Titans and Washington and, you know, Indianapolis, like they did, that would be an issue. But, like, you know, this year I still believed because they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Dolphins, they beat Dallas, they beat Buffalo. Like, they were beating really damn good teams. Yeah. But it's crazy how quickly the, the trust and the faith has wavered. And, again, it's it's more, again, in the coaching staff than in the players. I don't know. I just – this maybe it's more just the scar tissue from – 2018 to 2020 but this team it's very hard to replace good coordinators when they get head coaching jobs but this team has been awful at it for a very all the way back Worst to Andy Reid hiring Worst Juan Castillo ever. Juan Castillo back in the day of 2011 like since I was a kid and I'm young but since I was a kid they've always been bad at hiring coordinators after losing guys always I mean you're spot you can't look at what Shane's doing with Gardner and that Indy team no, and be man. like I mean dude how we would and I'm not going to do so, the Frank Reich thing. I'm not no, going to say we should have kept not. him. Well, I'm no, you didn't that. have an option. He was He's a right. great coach. Well, you didn't I was have a freaking option. takes already. Yeah. It's like, should have kept him over Nick. I'm not going to no, do that's, that. No, that's – no, of but, course. But, yes, Nick you watch Steichen with Minshew. It's frustrating. What, I think <laughs> what they need to get away from, I think they get so caught up into this groupthink mentality of having the next guy in line. Like, it's like, oh, here, you're up. Like, oh, yeah. we could just yeah. fill in with this. No, like – Brian Johnson isn't a clone of Shane Steichen. They're two completely independent people and not bringing in people from outside to maybe challenge those viewpoints. Like maybe they are stuck in their ways because there's nobody there to present a different set of eyes, a different point of view on offense where you look at last year, 
I know Jonathan Gannon got a head coaching job, but how much of that is on Vic Fangio being in that building too? And it's like Matt Patricia comes in with a different set of eyes when it comes to that defense. At least they're trying something different. They're all, the offense just hasn't adjusted say, at all. That's frustrating. It hasn't I think made Matt any Patricia, changes. Matt Patricia did more to change his unit in one game <laughs> than Brian Johnson. Hours. Like, I mean, I thought they – I really liked what the defense did. Again, the pass rush was not good, and Bradbury was terrible again today. The tackling wasn't great, but I love that Patricia was dialing up. Like, he had a two-safety blitz on third down one time where he's got, you know, Bayard and Brown crashing from deep. He's using a, a lot of DB-heavy packages. Like, you know, they you ran a lot of dime today. Like, a lot dime, of three, yeah. A lot of three-safety looks, three safeties and three corners. I actually thought Patricia coached up a great game. Like Keely Ringo, DK Metcalf had two catches heading into that final drive. Mm-hmm. Like they held him, Lockett, and JSN in check. That's a very good trio. So it's almost like frustrating we can't even really highlight that stuff because the offense could not put it away. And you put the pressure on a defense that you just you you can't trust for four full quarters. They did their part. The offense is the one that oh, has they to absolutely carry you. did. Yeah, like they did more than you should have expected. They shouldn't Way have been more. on the field. They yes. shouldn't. They should have been exactly. in the locker room because so the Eagles the ran that down. They got enough yeah. first downs. Mm-hmm. No, instead because again, just... there's no excuse for the offense. There, I, you can excuse the defense. Even today, it's like you got a bunch of kids playing back there against a really good team. Yeah, and they held oh, their own. Skill-wise. Like yes. Keely Ringo had his coming out party tonight after a terrible game better in than Dallas. Anybody, dude. by the way, better than anybody on that team. On that team. <laughs> yeah, and we were saying he couldn't tackle was the reason why he well, couldn't be on the field. Summer, and yeah. What is Nick's excuse? What is Brian's excuse? Like, what is the problem? Nick Sirianni has it has to be. Some sort of just a, a bit of an ego to let go, man. Like I know it's it hard co- if is you're it a an offensive to not change from last year. I don't. I don't know what it is. If you're an offensive-minded head coach and you're not willing to adjust, and when people tell you that it's your unit's problem, you're probably going to take it a little personal. But maybe that's a reason to be a little introspective and say, "Hey, yeah, this Lou, this is a." Not a rebuilding team. This is not a retooling team. This is a team that is coming off of a three-point Super Bowl loss that was one of the best games you've ever seen, and you would not be able to put a game like that together with the coaching staff that you currently have in that building. There is no way you are going to tell me otherwise. No, and again, I'm not saying they have no shot this year. Like They can't go on a run. The NFL has been so unpredictable. The Chiefs have had their streaks this year of being terrible. So of the Bills and the Ravens and the 49ers and the Cowboys, but I don't know, man. Like this, this is a low. Even I, I think the, the Eagles, the low they're going through these past three games is worse than anything those other contenders have gone through this year. Oh yeah, I don't know. yeah, and they've been in too many close games, and yeah, that's the thing. They haven't put together one 60 minute game at and all. They're getting worse. The thing is, like we always compare them to the 2018 Eagles because it's you know you could obviously naturally you compare it to the year after a Super Bowl run. Um, but at least the 2018 Eagles, like they were playing the way this team is playing early in the year, and then they got better and better as the year went on. Right? They changed things. They actually got mm-hmm. hot at the right time. This team, it feels like peaked the first half of the year, and now they're just going downhill each each game that goes on like they're getting worse and worse that's why i'm not trusting them if they were the five seed right now but they were getting hot like let's say they started off really slow and they still had this personnel i'd be like they can still do it but i'm losing faith i'm not gaining it yeah if they put on a performance like buffalo for example yes it's like like, yeah dude if they went out there and did what buffalo did tonight against seattle would be like okay Mm -hmm. like maybe we got something to cook with right but no instead every doubt 
every flaw that we had in the back of our mind, why trust breaks is because people break trust. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles offense did to me tonight, dude. Like, they broke my trust. Why am I going to trust them to go down the field and score in that situation? Why am I going to trust yeah. them that they're not going to make bad decisions? I was just and, learning to love again, and I'm like, nope, this is yeah. the team I remember. Yeah, like, this is why, oh, there they are. This is why we <laughs> love sports. This is why we're Eagles fans. Yeah, on them. We'll it comes I mean, down to them, folks. Like I know we could get upset yeah. about it, but they have to hold themselves accountable. Like unless they want to do something different, we're just going to keep saying the same thing here five days each and yeah. every week. They've got the Giants twice and the Cardinals to wrap up the year. Still tied with the Cowboys in the NFC East, but things, the vibes in Philadelphia right sense, now, man. not great. This is going to be a wild week, I'm sure, on Eagles Twitter. We've got four more shows or three Should more for you this week, so. Buckle up, everybody. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. That'll do it for this Tuesday edition of the show. 20-17, to 17, the final score. The Seahawks take it over the Philadelphia Eagles. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Ludi Biasi signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And I guess let's go birds. Yeah, let's go birds. Yeah. <laughs>